Welcome to the Connect Group's podcast series. This podcast focuses on how to prepare for and conduct an annual general meeting. It is in its intent going to provide you with tips and suggestions of how to run it effectively, but also to make you reflect on the importance of preparing for the annual general meeting, all the actions that need to be done ahead of time, what to do on the day, and also what to do following the annual general meeting. Now, first and foremost, annual general meetings need, from a legal compliance point of view, be conducted by all support groups which are incorporated under the 2015 Associations Incorporation Act. So the first thing that you need to look at is look to your constitution. Where did you state that you were going to run your general meeting? Now, from a compliance point of view, you need to run the meeting within six months of the end of the financial year. So planning ahead is so important. You just can't leave it to chance. So at least three months before the actual annual general meeting, you need to start to put it onto your committee or board of management agenda. Succession planning is absolutely essential. You need to look at, are there going to be vacancies on the board? Do you already know who's going to take those vacancies? Are there going to be people that you've been having conversations with? You also have to think about office bearers positions. Are any of those positions going to be vacant? Have you worked towards determining if the chair is going to have to change? So three months ahead of that, start to have those conversations. What you really would love to avoid is going to the actual AGM and stating that there are vacancies where you haven't done your work ahead of time. What can that lead to? It can lead to having no one nominate and therefore you're at risk of non-compliance to your constitution and the act, or you could have persons that are putting up their hands to join without the required skill sets that you're looking for in your board or management committee. What is really important is the fact that board members are there for a common purpose and they also do get along. You really want to manage that balance of people. So, As you prepare for your AGM, you look to your constitution and you read how many days in advance your members need to be advised. So again, if you take the concept of three months before the AGM to start planning, you would then note the date that the notice needs to go out. Now, when you put your notice out, you are required to also add an agenda of the day. And all of those documents you can also find on our website. Along with the agenda, you would also be putting out your proxy forms. 
and any nomination forms in the event that you are looking for vacancies. And if you are, then it is important that those nomination forms come back in due time. So look at those dates. And who is responsible to put out this information is your secretary. Now, some of you may ask, what is a proxy? A proxy means it's a document where you're giving your vote or you're giving your authority for another member to actually represent you on the day. Now, proxies are really important because, you know, we always joke and say that AGMs are very dry and it doesn't really attract a lot of your members. So what you want to uh, ensure is that you do meet your quorum of how many members are in attendance so that your AGM can be considered to have been compliant to your constitution. So again, look to your constitution around quorum of members. So you've put out your documentation, you have done some pre-thinking around succession planning, around board vacancies, and so you're now getting ready for the day itself. So on the day itself, you have to ensure that every member that attends has a copy of the agenda, has a copy of the financial records of that financial year, and has a copy of the previous minutes. Now, if this is your first AGM, you really don't, you wouldn't have the minutes from your previous board meeting being your first. You can also have what is known as an annual report. And that is a report which has um, comments from the chairperson, the treasurer of the organization of your support group. Now, most of you are unfunded, so you wouldn't have actually um, a report from the CEO. But what you may wish to include are the reports from your various committees. You may have a fundraising committee, so you would like to incorporate that. But not all groups actually put together a formal annual report. So what will happen on the day is though the chair and the treasurer will be speaking to their reports, though they have not been circulated. So that's a little bit about the preparation. Now the secretary needs to have at hand all the proxies received the conflict of interest register where as part of the incorporation act you will have been recording any conflict of interest and those can be made available to the members should they ask it is advisable for the secretary to come prepared with a electronic template with a computer to collect the minutes in a prompt um, and um, effective manner. The secretary needs to be responsible for bringing a copy of the constitution should any questions arise. So then the actual meeting itself is conducted by 
the chair of your management committee. The chair will be responsible for welcoming, for um, presenting the minutes and asking the members to move and second. Always remember that it is essential to have a mover and a seconder and not having it as everybody moving and everybody seconding. That is absolutely essential. And for the secretary to capture that person's name. You also have to make sure that they are a member of your support group because you may well have invited some guests as a way of them getting to know about your support group and the work that is being conducted. The treasurer is responsible for presenting the end of financial year reports and in inviting members again to move and second them. If you are a well-established support group, you would also then have your financial reports audited at the end of each financial year. If that is the case, it is essential as part of your AGM to basically nominate and or confirm your auditor. And it's always a nice gesture to invite your auditor to attend. Now I'm going to talk to you about a little bit of do's and don'ts. If you wish your board meeting to run swiftly, the chair at the beginning of the AGM will ask if there's any special business or business arising. So that basically means that at the end of all of the normal proceedings, you may wish to address that question. It is advisable not to take too many questions out of notice because the intent of the AGM is not to enter into a dialogue or an extensive dialogue with your members, especially in occasions where conflict may arise. I've been to AGMs where there's multiple committee members speaking. My recommendation is that within the chair's report, she or he presents the reports from those committees. Again, it creates just a fluid process and less time consuming. That is in essence is the way to run your AGM. Now one of the biggest challenges is around how do I attract members to the AGM? So one of the things is you could use your AGM as an opportunity to launch perhaps a new service or to launch and announce a report that you have presented to government. It's really good to have a guest speaker that may be talking to a topic that your members are or have um, requested or there's a keen interest. If you have your local MP attend, 
that would be also really favorable to your members. It makes them feel it's the work that they're doing and that their cause is valued by government. Always good at an AGM to recognize the work of your volunteers. So again, as a potential um, attraction strategy, it is to announce that as part of your AGM, you will be handing out, let's say, the Volunteer of the Year award or something um, around that. So we have found that by having something um, in the space of a guest speaker prior to the AGM does attract attendance. One of the things for you to note is that um, take your time prior to the AGM to ensure that all committee or board members are aware of their roles and responsibility at the AGM so that there's no questions. So once you finish your AGM, my recommendation is for the secretary to immediately review the minutes and to save them already in a folder ready for the following AGM. Save all your documents of who attended and who moved those meetings because the following year it'll be absolutely essential to ensure that those that moved and or those that attended will attend your following meeting since they will be the sole ones that will be able to move those minutes. So I know it's I've said all of this in a really, really brief way, but I think that 15 minutes is always sufficient when you're dealing with something which my members always speak about being a really dry subject. What I can entice you and what I want to encourage you is, as I said before, to go up onto our website and look at the resources which are available to you with a specific one which really articulates how to prepare and conduct an AGM. And alternatively, also to give us a call at the office on 08 or to drop us an email at info at connectgroups.org.au. We can provide you with one-on-one -on -one support so that we can answer your specific questions. So in concluding, the best way to run an AGM is to prepare. I cannot emphasize that enough. Do not wait for the month before to have that moment of wondering, now what do we do? Make it part of your good governance process. I hope this has helped you and thank you for joining the podcast. <music>